Hello everyone, Cold Open here to tell you a little bit about Intelligent Speech. Intelligent Speech is an online conference happening this year on November 4th between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the theme this year is Contingencies when History Meets the Backup Plan. It's going to have a large number of great speakers. It'll have three keynotes, eight roundtables, and 32 individual sessions in four separate virtual rooms. And we are going to be one of the speakers, together with many other brilliant podcasts you've certainly heard of, such as Daniele Bonelli, Trevor from History of Persia, and several other sibling Rexipods. The tickets are normally $30, but if you act now, you'll be able to get a $20 early bird special. But not only that, as listeners of the show, you'll be able to have an extra 10% discount on this price if you use the code RULE at checkout. R-U-L-E, RULE. We'll be participating in two panels and have our very own slot where we'll be talking to you about Alexander's side gig, dragon slaying, the waters of life, and talking to trees. So it's everything you've ever wanted to know about Alexander the Destroyer in the Shahnameh and in Iranian tradition. What does he get up to? Well, it's a lot of weird stuff. But anyway, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Serial, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him. So hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47. Hooray! podcast, which is Orodes III. The supposed middle of the podcast, but, you know, subject yes, to change. It might if... be the middle of the podcast, it might not. It depends if I find or destroy any more kings in the future. Uh, For now, it's the middle. I will just pretend like that's fine. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Orodes the first. This Orodes the, the second. Third. The third. Who was the second? Third, yes. Orodes the second was the guy who defeated Crassus at Carre. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. We liked him, we gave him a shot and shot. Yes, yes, Herodes yes. the first was one of the pointless ones during the Parthian Dark Age that was defeated by some uh, Okay, then that was why I was like... He of the good hat. Have we had yes. two? Okay, yeah. Um, random, distantly related person who got put on the throne by some nobles, right? Yes, there are a few theories as to who he actually is. And we'll go into them, but yeah, he's not the obvious choice, essentially. Yeah, so let's quickly recap what happened in Musa's episode, which was our last episode. Yeah. So in our last episode, what happened is that Musa, the slave, got sent over to Parthia, where she convinced her husband, Phraates IV, to send all of his children off to Rome, except Phraates, the little boy. Yeah. Trust me, this is for their own good. This is not a ploy at all. Yes. Then Phraates was murdered by Musa. Musa made herself queen. There was a bit of a deal with Rome over Armenia, where it's in a bit of a fuzzy situation, but leaning more Rome-wise. But overall, we managed to at least guarantee peace with our Western neighbors. And then, unfortunately for us, our dear Musa was deposed by the nobility and replaced with Orodes III. 
So let's see how he does. Serial predictions. Do you think he's going to do well now, or do you think it's going to be a tragic story? I don't know. I mean, I don't like how he came to the throne, right? Like, he was just pulled by some nobles, which probably, like, if he was chosen by the nobles, he's probably, like, easy enough to manipulate, or he, like, got along with them in some way, or, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could find, since he's distant relative, I'm sure there's more people that would also fit that category. So why him and not somebody else? Probably because he was, you know, convenient. But I don't know, because I know nothing about him. I don't know his personality or like, you know, what kind of person he was. So um, he could do really badly because he doesn't have any idea how anything works. Or he could do really well, surprisingly. Or he could just be a puppet king. I don't know. Well, we'll find out today, won't we? I'm sorry. I, I know that you asked me, like, <laughs> hey, do a, like, predict. But I'm like, I, I could see this going either way, so. We'll see if it's not the middle or somewhere else. But anyway, so, for his origins, we have two options. First option is, as we mentioned before, just a random distant member of the Arsakid dynasty. He was the nearest guy that the nobility could pick. And he got the job. Option two is that he was actually a younger half-brother of Fratakis. Because if you remember, when Musa sent all of her stepchildren off to Rome, she sent only the adults. Yeah, right. And Fratakis managed to stay back because he was younger. So another possibility is that Orodes was also young. He was still a child when Fratakis succeeded his father, which means that he wasn't really dealt with, he wasn't executed or anything because he was inoffensive and that was fine. I mean, come on, like, we haven't heard of him before at all, and Musa would probably have, like, taken care of him. Yeah, it sounds unlikely that he would have survived this long, especially since Musa's situation was precarious enough that she'd needed to take care of all angles. Yeah. So I'm also on the side of the, you know, the fact that he was just a distant member of the family. Also because if he were the younger brother, he would be somewhere in his teens when Mm. he took the throne. Which might be good for a regency, I guess, or, you know, a council. But, you know, it's still not great for legitimacy if you're going to replace Musa and Fratakis with him. It makes sense if you get an older, more experienced man. But again, we don't know very much. Maybe they just, you know, want, again, a puppet king, so. Yeah. In any case, no matter what his origins, he first comes to the stage when the Parthian nobility had enough of Fratakis and Musa due to their origins and the handling of the Armenian question where they sort back down before Rome, and so they were expelled or murdered. At this point, a council was convened. Because Strabo tells us that this was a council that was convened in times of trouble. And it was a council made up of the wider Arsakid family and the religious figures in the empire. And also, interestingly enough, it looks like the Arsakids also had six other noble families, the Suren family among them as well, which helped to govern and direct the state. Sort of an imitation of the Achaemenids with, you know, Darius' co-conspirators and the good old days there. So this council was probably convened for every succession, since we mentioned this is an elective monarchy officially. So presumably in certain situations the council is convened and they just rubber stamp whatever the official succession was and things go on as if nothing had happened. 
while other times, and in this case, it looks like the council actually discussed potential heirs, and they had to argue what happened. So during this discussion, it looks like several heirs were put forward. Some people were in favor of calling some of the former heirs that were off at Rome and saying, hey, come back, you'll be our kings. Others were wondering if maybe they should look down a female line. So essentially looking through the grandsons of Frates IV through his daughters, not through his sons. See if that could happen, that could be useful. Hmm. But in the end, throughout all of these deliberations, the council chose Orodes as their favorite and said, yes, he should be our king, he will succeed Musa. And yeah, so at last Orodes is king. Hooray, hurrah. He is put in charge of the vast Parthian Empire where there are different situations in the east and west. Because on the west we have the Roman borders are at least secure. That's nice. There are some vassal kingdoms, Elamis, Karakina, and Persia, which are firmly enough controlled. So they haven't rebelled in about a generation, which is great. Everybody's quite happy about that. There are a few buffer states, Osroene and Adiabene, which are a buffer to Rome, which are a little bit more unstable. They're sort of like Armenia, but smaller and more under Parthian control, which is nice, but always a bit risky, something you need to Hmm. keep in mind. And also another interesting part of the Western Empire is that they inherited from the Seleucids that there are many Greek cities that are semi-independent and sort of self-rule themselves. But as time has gone on towards the Parthian monarchy, they've become more and more oligarchical as opposed to democratic because it's easy enough to bribe a few important families for the king, as opposed to just bribing the entire population to vote the correct way. So, that's what we have in the West. That's been our familiar stomping ground for a few episodes. But in Mm. the East, there have been changes going on. Now, you probably remember, because we recorded a Patreon episode on this, (laughs) that Mm. the Saka and Yueju people from a while ago had migrated into the east of the Parthian Empire and been settled there by Mithridates, the great of Parthia. True, true, true. The nomads. Yeah, that. The steppe people. Well, it looks like certain ambitious chieftains from these uh, groups migrated from Sakistan in eastern Iran down into India, occupying roughly the territory that Alexander had, so Hmm. most of modern Pakistan, thereabouts. Okay. And it looks like this last migration is what destroyed the last independent Greek state in the world, because there were still some Indo-Greeks that were Buddhist and everything just living there. But now they've been destroyed by the Saka, who just invaded and took over now. And yeah, it seems that despite coming from Parthian territory, these Indo-Saka rulers weren't official subject of the King of Kings, but just semi-independent, sort of like Armenia in a way. But the interesting thing about these Indo-Saka people is that they had their own king of kings in the area, their own person who called himself king of kings, who ruled over lesser rulers in India. So sort of a confederation-style thing, which is quite interesting enough. Also, apparently, the head ruler of all these is going to become one of the first Christian rulers in the world, according to certain traditions. 
which is apparently St. Thomas passes this way. That's another Patreon option if you're interested. But anyway, during the reign of Herodes, it looks like this Indosaka empire had recently collapsed due to an influx of Uejo invaders who are trying to make their own separate kingdom. And it's interesting that there is some movement in Parthian Sakistan directly because a man called Gondofarnes, who was probably a cousin, a member of the Suren clan, who had been important, influential, and supported a lot of our previous kings, especially this dynasty comes from one that was strongly supported by the Suren. Well, it looks like this Gondofarnes had begun consolidating power at home and was making aggressive movements towards the remaining Indosaka kingdoms on the way to becoming his own independent ruler. Hmm. So it looks like he was building up influence in Parthia and outside of it to build a kingdom that is sort of on either side of them, which would be something interesting to deal with. So this is what Rhodes has to deal with now, because, well, if he wants to ensure that the eastern borders are secure, he has to find a way to deal with all these threats that are potentially there. Now, the problem is that Herodes wasn't really well-liked by the nobility uh, for some reason. Wait, I Excuse me. Like, <laughs> didn't they choose him? They did, but apparently when he became king, he started becoming violent and cruel. Um, started just really lording his power over everyone and making everybody feel crap. I don't, like, I feel like... Either they just didn't know him at all as a person. Because this doesn't come out of nowhere. Like, yes, power corrupts, but, like, someone doesn't go from being, like, a good guy to suddenly a, like, violent and sadist kind of power-hoarding ruler. Yeah. You know? Maybe he was hiding it well enough beforehand. He just had a nice public persona. And then they voted for him and he was like, okay, fine, great. Now that I'm king, I'll just be as sadistic as I want. Uh, press X to doubt. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. And then we have two different options for what happens next. Because on the one hand, he was quite fond of going hunting. So he, this may have happened on a hunt. Alternatively, it may have happened at a festival where everybody was drunk and, uh, you know, full of alcohol and having a great time. But whatever the context, it looks like Orodes never really emerged from his hunt slash festival because he had been murdered by the nobles who just decided, okay, no, this time we're making a better <laughs> oh choice. God. This that time, went well. better choice. Is this it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have like 15 minutes of recording and that is counting the, you know... Us getting started and stuff that is not yes, even going to make it into yes. the episode. So, like, what what is the plan here? This is just a short episode. Can you guess, Serial, who they go for next, since we have some extra time? I, who do you think I, the nobles will Do they go next? to fetch the brothers from Rome? Yes, they do. Oh my god, They're finally! Going, they like, send a nice letter to Rome saying, <laughs> hey... Listen, we messed up. We we killed our king before his warranty ran out, so can we get a new one, please? Okay, great, thanks. What is even happening? Like, I, I'm so sorry, listeners. I really don't know, like, what the point of this is anymore. Like, can we at least start with the brothers? Like, is every brother gonna get 
as an episode, I assume not. Like, someone's gonna fight for this, right? So, like, can we get, like, an overview of, like, who is there? Can like... Well, we can give you an overview of the fact that this election isn't unanimous because there are two main parties now that are developing in the nobility. There is a Western-friendly party, which likes the Romans and is friendly to these Roman kings, basically. Bleh. And there's an Eastern party, because these people don't like the Romans, and they want somebody that's fully Parthian to control them, and they are backed by the powerful Surin clan, which we've heard of many, many times. And these people are championing some heirs from a female line of the heirs of Phraates IV, because this female line married into Saka nobility off in the east, and so they are likely to succeed. So we have a few options, and they're going to be arguing over who gets the throne. However, in Rome, not everybody's going to get a chance. Some of them are just going to die of old age there. Others are going to try their best and fail. Others are going to try their best and succeed. We'll have to see what happens in the next episodes. But for now, Augustus has received a letter saying, hey, can we have a new king of Parthia, please? And apparently the letter says, we don't care which, just send us one. We don't care which brother, whichever mm. will do. Yeah, of course, because why would yeah. they care? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they don't know them. They've been away for about 20 years at this point. So many of them are more Roman than they are Parthian, which is going to be a problem in the future. <sighs> I don't... So yeah. Next time, we'll see about our king, Vononis I. Vononis? Vononis, with a V. Okay. I just said it was a funny name, I'm sorry. Vononis is good. So, we'll have to see how he does in the next episode. But for now, Serial, are you ready for a heart-pounding rating? Can we have our lowest-rated king? Serial, let's see. In, like, ev- in everything. Like... We've had some stinkers. Let's see if he is the lowest of the low. I don't even... Like, can we release this episode? Like... Yeah, it'll be fine. I, I guess if you want more, join our Patreon. There's two extra episodes in there waiting for you. Yeah, there's three extra episodes by the time this releases. Oh, so right. Chop, chop. So... You want to hear about what's happening in work, China? You know. Go for it. Yeah, it's that's actually that was a great episode and that was super interesting. But like, this is not how I wanted to promote our Patreon. <laughs> Be like, hey, Listen. our episodes suck. Well, you can get better ones. Well, we said we were going to do every king. This is part of the deal. You all agreed to come on this journey with us. All right. Well, so, more next come time. On, Sarah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so our first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? Murdered at maybe a hunt or maybe a festival. Possibly one of the two. I'm inclined for a one because it's a violent death, but we have very little detail, so I'm not going any higher than that. Yeah, I think a one because something happened. Like, he got murdered, so it's more interesting than... He didn't just have a heart attack 10 minutes after being elected. Just did that. So, nice. With a one and a one, that gives us a one out of ten for final moments. Our next category is battle hardness. How good was he at wars and fighting? He did nothing. He did no wars yeah. or fighting. Zero. He maybe next. went on a hunt once. The end. So, with a zero to zero, he gets a zero out of 20 for battle hardness. 
Next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulations? He got elected? That, is that anything? No. Yeah, no. He maybe convinced people to overthrow Musa? Do we want to? No. Is that a thing? No. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Minus 10. Next. <laughs> so, 0 and 0. 0 out of 20 for scheminess. Our next category is shock factor. How shocking was this man? Well, apparently he was cruel and sadistic enough that he had to be murdered, so... I'm going for yeah. a one here. That's yeah, worth fair. something. Same. Not no much, more, though. Hey, I don't know. Doesn't deserve much, but one. So with a one and a one, he gets a two out of 20 for shock factor. Our next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire overall and Iran in particular? Um, Like, he got... Zero. I don't, like... He I, made the succession kind of messy. He didn't really do anything. You can't give him any credit or I mean, I guess demerits. he didn't make things worse, but like... He didn't have much time to make things worse. Yeah. I mean, apparently, if he did anything, it was just be a cruel d- to everyone. And, yeah, bleh. So, zero again. Zero and zero. zero. I mean, I feel like you were giving zero, that means that, like, things went worse. But, you know, we also gave zero to people who did nothing. Like Okay, okay. We gave a zero to... Xerxes II, Sogdianus, Baby Alex. Fine. Uh, Antiochus the Child, you know. Zero is either you were destructive or you were just not influencing anything at all. Yeah. So, yeah, zero. Eh. We should have negatives for this. Eh, well, you know. If you count the length of rain, you can figure out if somebody was just irrelevant or terrible. But anyway... Our next category is Face of Faces. What do you think this man looked like? Uh, give me a minute, I guess. Yes. I don't know. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> like... Okay, so Serial has finished their drawing on this most inspired of historical figures. I have so many thoughts. Whoa, whoa. I just couldn't fit them all in one yes. drawing. Um... <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Strong. Okay, yeah, I mean, so we have our typical Parthian king. Long beard, fluffy hair, a tiara, a nice robe. He is raising his hand, ready to say or do something. But then we notice the arrows in his back and the crossed out eyes and the dot 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 in his speech bubble where he tried to do something but failed entirely. Yep. And next to it, we have a speech bubble saying... Oops, yeah, no, our bad. Next. You know. Where the nobles are ready to try again with Venonis and see if he lasts more than a cabbage. Venonis. More than a cabbage. <laughs> okay. So, thank you, Sarah. Good reference, for... good reference. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so if any of you listeners want to look at this, go in the notes of the episode, in the description of the episode... Or you can go to Serial's Portrait Gallery on our website. Or on our Discord, if you're there. You know. Or on our Discord, if you are there, you can join it through Patreon. Okay, so Serial, now I'm going to show you what Vononi's actu- what Orodes actually yes. looked like. Here he is. 
Look at him Ooh. in all his majesty. Actually, I love these coins. I love Dude. the like slight level of stylization that these have. Also, the diadem is much thicker. Like it's yeah, it looks like a sports headband. It's very, yeah, it very does intense. actually. <laughs> pointy man, like pointy noise and, and pointy beard and like mm-hmm. cool hair that like I feel like it's been pressed down. I know? I feel like, like it's just been eroded through yeah. a lot of handling. Orodes has been eroded. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it feels like it's been, you know, like, sanded down. But, like, I like it. I'm honestly going to give it, like, a five. A five? It's a fun uh, coin. I'm not too impressed, honestly. I like this I'm, one. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going for... I'm actually going for a three, because the coin isn't great quality. How do we know it's him? Because, like, there's no there's name. There's nothing much. There are presumably... Coins in which the writing is better preserved, where it says okay. Rhodes. Or maybe, the, or because usually the writing's on the back of it, so maybe it's where uh, the archer is, okay, okay. you know, that, and it's not just not shown here. Okay. So presumably somebody looked into it. But yeah, this is, yeah, I think I'm just going for a three. I'm not that impressed. It's pretty generic, I mean, not very I well just, preserved. I like this particular okay. coin. Feel free to give it a five. Yeah. So yeah. With a three and a five, this gives him a two out of five for face of faces. Our next category is lengthiness. How long do you think he reigned? A month. I don't know. Nope, longer actually. He reigned for a full two years. What? I would do him what? We have no clues, Ariel. I no idea. <laughs> so time actually passed. He just didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Which is worse. Or, you know, nothing worth remembering. So he ruled from 4 to 6 AD this time. Hooray, the first time our dates aren't ticking downwards. So divide by 10, that gives us a 0.2 out of 5 for lengthiness. Which brings us to the final score, which is a grand total of 5.2 out of 100. Orodes the third. Which doesn't make him last, he is fourth from last. He is between baby Alex and Philip III. I mean, he has a pretty so, point. So, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I think... And we gave him, like, a couple of token points. Him. Could have been worse. Yeah, I saw that even without his face, he was better than Xerxes II. Yeah. There wasn't but, much on Xerxes yeah. II. Yeah, except a name. So Also, because Xerxes II ruled for, like... 40 days yeah yeah <laughs> and roadie's yeah, got like exactly. those two like years for in. two years so you know yeah so there we are not the worst worst but still not great which leads us to the final forlorn conclusion which is God, to ask is he bad enough is he disappointing enough is he no really enough to be a shahanshah or is he just a shahanshah like i've already forgotten him i don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. I that's, don't care. That's the correct reaction. There's not. We go from to Musa to the brothers that she sent to Rome. Who cares yeah. about this guy? Like yes. the, this please. guy is in a history book. This guy is. Oh, P.S. There was another guy in the middle, which we is annoying because usually the bits skip Musa as well. In this, they say, "Oh, there were a series of short-lived rulers." Like the end. I. Sw- <laughs> I mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The audacity. Yeah. So we can send Orodes out into the desert where he'll meet Phraates the Fourth. Justice for who Musa. defeated Antony and did a lot much cooler stuff and is probably wondering, wait, why am I in the same category as this guy? No, yeah. please, wait, I was interesting. No, yeah. don't go. 
But yeah, so that's the end of our episode today. Join us next time with Vononis the first. I promise I have more notes on him. Please don't leave. Don't stop listening to the podcast. We're sorry. (laughs) It'll get better. Yes. But hey, thanks for making it through this entire long episode that we put out for you. Also, if you would like to support our podcast, we have a few ways to do that. First of all, it's our Patreon, for which we'd like to thank our new patron, Jonathan San Agustin. Thank you. So thank you very much for your support. If you join there, you'll be able to listen to a bunch of extra episodes. We have Mithridates the Great, Tigranes the Great, Han Wudi of China. We've voted for a new series on a bunch of ancient Greeks that have to do with the yeah, Achaemenids. Yeah, the Greeks coming up. Thucydides, Ze- Alcibiades, Xenophon. Join up. Amazing. If instead you'd prefer not to support us monetarily, that's fine. But we also appreciate any written reviews on your podcast app of choice because they help spread the word and let us let other people know. Yeah, and they make us happy, you know, if you have nice things to yes, say. Yes, it makes us blush. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. Yes. Also, we have a new social medium, so join us on Blue Sky if you're escaping the sinking ship that is whatever the other website is called. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, this has been a short enough episode. Let's shorten it further by saying we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.